Welcome back to Potting the Red Sox, blogging the RedSox.com podcast. I'm your host, Brennan Campbell. Today, happy to be joined by newest Red Sox pitching prospect, Zach Bryant, who's acquired from the Cubs last week. Zach, thank you for joining me today. Uh, how much of a whirlwind have these past few days been for you? How's it going, man? Uh, the last couple of days have been pretty good. Uh, I mean, the first couple of days of the week were pretty hectic, as you can imagine. But now that everything's settled down a little bit since the trade, it's been, it's been pretty good. First off, thank you for uh, making me part of your media tour. So you were on Section 10 earlier. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, it was pretty sweet being on there. And, uh, just first question for me, how'd the Cubs let you know you were the player to be named later in the trade that sent you to Boston? Found out Saturday afternoon. Um, he, one of the guys from the Cubs gave me a call, showed up as a uh, unrecognized number. So I immediately thought telemarketer <laughs> declined it. And then, um, so then he, he shoots me a text and says, Hey, this is so-and-so from the Cubs. Uh, give me a call when you get a chance. So I gave him a call and, uh, he started off with, um, with, uh, Hey man. So it's probably not the way you, it's probably not the thing you expected to hear on your Saturday, but you're not a Cub anymore. So immediately I thought I got released, you know, cause that's the current climate for minor leaguers. And then, um, so sorry, I went into panic mode. And then he, uh, and then he was like, "Yeah, you were you were traded to the Red Sox." And I was like, "What?" And so then, I, you know, I was relieved, of course. And then um, once it set in a little bit, I got very, very excited, just because you know I grew up a giant Red Sox fan. So it was, uh, it, it was pretty cool to find out I was going to the to the team I, I rooted for, the whole time growing up. And based off the fact you thought you got released at first, I can't imagine you had like any inklings that you were going to get traded in the days leading up to the trade. Well, I mean, you know, I was never. It was never like a, a, a thought really that I would be getting released, but that's just the current climate for minor leaguers. So you never really know. Uh, I mean, every club's releasing a ton of guys. Um, I thought I put myself in a pretty solid position to not have to worry about that. But, you know, it's still in the back of your head after seeing, you know, 50, 50 plus guys from every organization getting popped. But, um, yeah, no, definitely wasn't on my mind at all. But uh, it was hard not to let my head jump to that as soon as he said, you're not a cub anymore. And I definitely didn't expect to be part of the trade after only playing a half year with the Cubs. But, you know, it's like I said, it's 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 pretty sweet to be uh, playing for the team I rooted for the whole time growing up. And who from that team has reached out to you so far since the trade was made official? For From the Red Sox? Yes. I've had a pitching coordinator, um, a couple of dudes from the training staff, and then a, a strength and conditioning guy. It's my understanding that this is the first time the team has had interest in you, like maybe leading up to the 2019 draft they did. So uh, I don't know if you had any perspective on this, but what did that interest look like from your side? Before the draft? Yeah. Uh, well, I went into the draft without an agent. So um, any scouts that had interest in me dealt with me directly pretty much. Uh, and then my, my college coaches as well. But um, I had no one representing me at the time. So they all went through me. So, of course, you know, it's pretty much just uh, a whole lot of phone calls asking questions and then they could, other than that, they could pretty much gather everything that they needed from uh, from the games. They talked to the, my college coaches at JU, Daytona State, and then even as far back as my high school coaches. And you mentioned only pitching a half a season 2019. That being, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but you weren't part of the Cubs alternate site or fallen structural league last year, right? No. So uh, without that on-hand development, what did you do uh, to further your development with no minor league season last year? Well, I don't know if I would have been um, – I would imagine I would have been invited to the fall instructs this year. 
but I was actually up at driveline uh, training up there in Seattle. So I spent a majority of the time just focusing on strength because uh, it certainly wasn't a weakness, but there's definitely some more room to grow. So I spent a majority of the, of the year off focusing on trying to get as strong as possible and maintaining mobility. And then, um, and then, like I said, I went up to driveline for about five weeks to um, kind of dive a little deeper into, into what I need to do in order to throw harder, uh, focus on mechanics, mechanic wise, what I needed to, to change and improve in order to gain a little bit more velo. And um, actually I had some questions about driveline that I'd like to get to later, but first off, you mentioned you were a Red Sox fan. So I'm just curious, someone who grew up outside of Daytona, what did that look like for you? Like, were you going to Miami, Tampa, Fort Myers to see him play in person or just watching from afar? Uh, I never went down to Miami. I, I didn't see their old stadium or I haven't, still haven't seen their new one. But um, yeah, I went to Tampa a couple times. I think I went twice to watch the Red Sox. And then uh, the kid I went to high school with, um, Austin Hayes, he's a big leader for the Orioles. I, I've gone over there to watch him a couple times. But yeah, no, I. it's kind of weird being a, a born and raised Florida guy and being a Red Sox fan. I've gotten a lot of questions on that, but, um, but yeah, no, I would always make it over to Tampa. I, I tried to a couple of times to uh, see them play. And since you did grow up in the Daytona area, did you grow up a NASCAR fan as well? I had a little NASCAR phase, not a big one, but you know, you're like, you're around it your whole life. You just kind of get used to it. It's the same as, uh, it's the same as living on the beach. You know, I live 15 minutes from the beach. People that come from out of town freaking are, are like obsessed with it and want to go all the time. But it's like, you know, you live with it. It's right there. You know, like with NASCAR, it's like a week out of the year where any night you could go or there's a couple of weeks within the year where you could just I mean, you, could, you can go whenever pretty much um, when it's always there. You just kind of go here and there. I was never a huge fan. Um, just just dabbled in it a little bit. Have you been to any Daytona 500s? I think I went to two. My mom, she used to work for she worked for Nabisco and then uh, and then Hershey's. So then like Kevin Harvick raced for Hershey for a while. And then I don't I I don't know if it was Kevin Harvick that raced for Nabisco, but whoever did, you know, they of course they had um, some deals for that. So we went to a couple of Daytona 500s and then a couple of the other like smaller races like the I, I think it, I think it's called like the Firecracker 400. It's what's around the 4th of July. But we've been to a number of races through that. And you mentioned Austin Hayes going to the same high school as you also went to the same college. So I was curious what that relationship is like between you guys. Well, he was a he was a senior when I was a freshman in high school, and um, at the time I hit a little bit, so I would hang out with him after practice, and you know I'd take some swings in the cage with him, and then um, I would go to the gym with him and work out a little bit here and there. But you know, like I said, I only spent one year with him at, in high school, and then we never we never played together in college because he was at JU before I was, of course. Um, but we still, when big leaguers first came home last year, we went out to me. Hayes, uh, this guy, Pat Mazika. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's a catcher with the Mets. Him, a bunch of us went out to uh, Stetson University in the land, and we'd do, like, you know, bullpens, live to hitters, and, and the whole nine. And uh, we're fortunate enough to have Jacob DeGrom out there, too, a little bit. So a, a handful of pro guys would go out there and work, including Hayes. Has Austin Hayes had any, like, sort of advice for you since he's someone who made it to the majors and you're on a similar path to him, having gone to the same university? Uh, not really. I haven't, I haven't talked to him much about it. Um, but it's, just, it, it's pretty valuable when, uh, when we do, when we did do like the live to hitters to talk to him and Pat, just because they've seen, they've both seen big league pitching Pat a little bit more because he not only hits it, but he catches it as well. 
So, you know, when, when Pat's catching me, I'll ask him, or even when he's hitting against me, what he sees. And, you know, like if I'm tipping a pitch or if I'm like my curveballs popping up out of my hand, little things like that, like little, you know, little adjustments I could make to make things a little bit more deceptive and make me uh, a, a improved pitcher. And next player I want to ask you about is a little younger than you, plays a different position. But what'd you make of, uh, I don't know if you know him, but Zach Avine, uh first round pick in last year's draft. What'd you make of him going to the Rockies that early? Yeah, no, I mean, that kid's real. You know, he's got a, he's got a nasty swing. He, um, I'll tell you what, man, in high school, he would, when he was in middle school, I remember while I was at Creek, he would ride his bike from middle school straight to the field to watch our practice and then take swings in the cage after. So, I mean, that alone, I mean, that speaks numbers. What middle schoolers doing that, you know? So then, you know, fast forward a couple of years and he's projected like the number one high school prospect or whatever. So it was, it was pretty nuts. So we knew, I mean, I knew just, just from an outsider looking in that he was going to be very early in the draft. I thought for sure first round, if not second round, which is still, you know, very, very good. But uh, like yesterday, I threw live to him and a couple other guys because he's still in town, of course. So yeah, now that now that Hayes and Pat and all most of those pro guys are gone, um, I still have Veen uh, to pitch to. So still some pretty raw talent to step in the box against me and and uh, to help me out. And you mentioned the path to the draft. You left Jacksonville University as a junior, so I was curious: was there any temptation for you to return for your senior year, or did you just want to go pro as soon as possible? Uh, well, going into the year, I mean, my my plan the whole time was to. Because I was a JUCO product. I went to Daytona State for two and then Jacksonville for just the one. So, you know, that was, that was my plan was to hopefully do well enough to get drafted. And if I get drafted, to take it because, you know, senior signs don't get much money. So, um, I mean, I love Jacksonville. I wish I had more time there. But, you know, I, I didn't want to be stuck in that situation of a senior sign where you're signing for just a couple of grand. Uh, going back to the whole driveline baseball thing. I mean, that was the first thing I noticed on your Instagram profile or your Instagram highlights. So have you been there like one occasion, multiple? That was my first time. I figured, you know, with uh, having this whole year off, I might as well you know, go all out. So I uh, I dropped some money and, and invested in myself to go up there and try to make the most out of this year off. I figured it was a it was a good move, and you know why not with the with the amount of time that we had off to go up there and, and try to learn as much as I can and better myself. And I mean, I have like a brief understanding of what driveline is, but for the listeners who might not know, could you explain what exactly it is and how it helps pitchers such as yourself? Driveline for the most part is, I mean, it's, I use it more as like just to get my arm loosened up, but basically it's like a series of uh, weighted balls. So there's a black ball, a green ball, the black one's two, two kilograms, the green one's uh, one, and then there's a blue, red, yellow, and gray ball. In that order, it goes heavy, light, and then like the yellow is the one that's the weight of a baseball, and the gray is a little bit lighter than a baseball. So the blue and red are a little bit heavier, and basically it's just like a series of drills that kind of correct little things that might be wrong in your in your delivery, or um, in my like I said in my in my uh, in my scenario, it's just to get my arm ready to throw. But uh, for for guys that are trying to gain a little bit more velo, there's a lot of the drills you can do and it's if you go through driveline if you do the remote training they'll uh, coach you up on those drills and how many sets reps and whatnot of each drill to do for those guys it's it's more velo based to try to gain more velocity but um, once again for me it's just to kind of get my arm feeling right and help aid aid in recovery uh did you say you went there during like when the minor league season would have been or like in the off season 
it, it's what it, it was when what would have been the off season. I oh. went in uh, late September, early October. Did you meet anyone notable there, or like professionals such as yourself, or like Kyle Bodie, or anyone like that? I met I met a couple other pro guys, um, some guys that got released and were just trying to make the pro day so they could hopefully resign. Um, but I did also I got to meet Shohei Otani, wow. and I got to throw live to him, so that was pretty sweet. Do you think two two uh, way players like him have a future, like to be more um, conventional, I guess, in the pros? Uh, I mean, yeah, dude. If you can compete both pitching and uh, and hitting like he can, then for sure. But that's the thing is is to hit in your spot in the lineup, man. You gotta you gotta be able to you gotta be able to swing it. They they, they basically they can't have another option that's better. So I mean, heck, if you can do both and be successful at it, then yeah, absolutely, there's a future for him. But the, I feel like those talents are are few and far between, just because it, it's so tough to be to be really good at both, you know. So based off how you you uh, use driveline, I assume you're a proponent of weighted balls. Yeah, yeah, I am. Um, obviously, doing it safely, like making sure your arm's actually strong enough to do so, and kind of easing into it if you're a beginner with it. But uh, no, absolutely, I think if you do it if you do it safely, then it is safe for the guys that just jump straight into it or go too hard with it. Um, then obviously that's when it becomes a little dangerous. But in general, I don't think it's it's a bad thing for pitchers to do. Doesn't sound like increasing your fastball velocity is like the main reason why you use weighted balls. But have you noticed an uptick in velocity anyway? It's it's hard to tell because since I've started using driveline, I've also been very serious in in trying to get as strong as possible. I started my um, sophomore year of junior college, so I've been doing it for about three four years now. And that was also ironically when I started really, really taking the gym and mobility seriously. So it could have been from it could have been from starting to do driveline. It could have been from just getting, you know, stronger and more explosive, more mobile, et cetera. It's hard to tell. But um, but yeah, I have I have seen an uptick in velocity since I started. And as a pitcher, how do you think weightlifting has helped you? Incredibly. For me, that was that was what changed me from uh, from being, you know, just a decent college guy to a, you know, a prospect. Uh, a guy that's getting recruited to play pro ball. That's what, in my opinion, it's what set me apart. And like I said before, it definitely helped me gain a little bit more velocity. I feel like getting stronger also makes throwing a little safer because you have uh, bigger muscles, stronger muscles to take some of the stress off the ligaments. Do you have a place maybe like closer to home, not all the way in Seattle, where you can do like the driveline stuff, use the weighted balls or? There's... There's a couple places that I think are that have guys that are like driveline trained. I haven't looked much into it for places like that around me, but there is a place here in Florida um, called Cressy for some uh, performance. Yeah. They don't really focus as much on um, plyo care, but uh, yeah, that is a place where I know a lot of guys go to train. So if I ever needed, if I ever wanted to do training in another off season that wasn't necessarily going across the country to Seattle, then that would definitely be my first choice. I mean, you just got traded to the organization, but there's this guy on the team already, Seth Blair. I don't know. He used to – he was a former top pick. Uh, there's an interesting New York Times article about him out there using weighted balls and, like, ha- working out his backyard in Arizona. So I figure that might be a guy you can relate to. Okay. Yeah, no, I, uh, I'm i not familiar with him. I've never, <laughs> I've never heard of him. But, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll look into it. I'll check out the article. And then, uh, who knows, maybe I'll meet him when I go down to Fort Myers. Do you have a report date for that yet, like minor league camp or as soon as like, – the... As far as I know, 
the triple A season just got pushed back, so it's kind of like a confusing timeline. Yeah, no, as far as I know, we're still sticking with the April 1st. I think they're going to try to get us in there as soon as the big leaguers leave. But then again, I don't think anything's set in stone, uh, so I don't really know for sure. But from my understanding, that's that's what they're shooting for is about is around April 1st. Could you take me through your pitch repertoire and how you go about attacking hitters? I have a four-seam and two-seam slider curveball changeup. My my four-seam has a is has a pretty hard cut to it, and kind of kind of rises a little bit, so it's like a cut and ride situation. Two-seam has has good sink, and then I got the slow changeup, slow curveball, and then a hard slider. How I like to attack guys, I love uh, I love just hammering them with the fastball, and then trying to try, just trying to get them on as unbalanced as possible. Uh, that's that's the goal there is to try to fool the hitter with the off speed. But yeah, I love attacking with the fastball. What does the term interesting pitch traits mean to you? Because I've heard that described about you before. In my situation, if I heard someone just uh, say I have interesting pitch traits, I would assume it's about like the the cut that I have on my four seam. Because like I said, it kind of I get a lot, I, I get a decent amount of spin, so like it has a little bit of a rise and cut action to it, which I feel like is pretty. Uh, I don't want to say rare, but it's not. It's definitely not common amongst pitchers. How does your approach change depending on uh, which side of the plate your opposition is hitting from? If I'm facing a lefty, I'll throw stuff that moves away from him. I'll tend to do that. I like. Uh, I love starting lefties off with a with a changeup or two seam away. Just try to get an early 0-1 count against them because um, typically, and in, in my stats back me up here. But uh, I have a little bit more success with right-handed hitters than I do left-handed hitters. So that's a, that's another thing I've been trying to put some thought into and um, effort into is is learning how to better attack lefties. And that's another perk to throwing live to Zach Bean is because he is a lefty and he's a he's a pretty dang good hitter. So I'm hoping doing that that I can I can learn to attack lefties a little bit better. And are you someone who likes to shift around on the rubber, like pitching from the left side, pitching from the right side, depending on who's at the plate? No, I, I always pitch on the left side to the first base side of the rubber. Just based off the fact you haven't pitched in an organized game since 2019, how much are you looking forward to getting to minor league camp in Fort Myers? I'm really looking forward to it, man. I'm very excited because uh, this is the longest I've gone without playing baseball since literally the day I picked up a baseball. Yeah, no, I'm, words can't describe how excited I am, and I'm, I'm sure every other minor leaguer is in the same boat there. Man, do you have any idea or thoughts about where you should start the 2021 minor league season? Uh, I would imagine high A, but then again, it, it, it should either be low A or high A. But then again, I'm really not sure. There's no telling, but that's what I'm hopeful for. And then uh, the goal is, of course, to move up as much as I can this year and try to work my way up that ladder and get closer to the bigs. That's the last question for me. But what can Red Sox fans expect to see from you in 2021 and beyond? They can expect to see totally different Zach Bryant than than if they looked me up to see the Cub stuff or uh, Jacksonville stuff. They can expect to see a totally different one. But yeah, no, I uh, they can expect to see someone that attacks hitters and goes out there and pitches with heart every single time and gets into it. All right, well, Zach Bryant, thank you very much. Uh, you can follow Zach on Twitter and Instagram at zbry34. Uh, Zach, thank you again for your time. Yeah, man, it was a pleasure. Thank you.